World Speaks show. This is episode 18. This is called The Hand of the Diligent. So I was listening to a message this week, and uh, the topic of diligence came up, and the Lord really used that message to speak to me about this. And I realized that there are some places where I just haven't been diligent, and it's cost me. It's not that I'm being lazy or, you know, not doing anything. Like, for example, in my, in my business, if I'm not diligent enough, it costs me. And it's not like I'm not, it's not like I'm not working every day and trying to, trying to do business, but, uh, just not giving it, not giving it quite enough sometimes. And you just fall into those, you fall into those ruts sometimes. And the Lord's been speaking to me about that. So, so that's what I, uh, what I, what I started studying on this week. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just uh, diligence is a, is something that God requires of us. Just you know, if you're not being if not being consistent enough and not giving giving my best, I'm I'm really not serving God the way that I should be. So Proverbs ten verses four and five. This is what came to me immediately. Of course, um, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. I love Proverbs. There's so much, like you could take, you could, I could sit and talk for an hour on just that one passage and everything that's in there. There's so much in that. Um, but basically, you know, what we're talking about is here is, is somebody that, uh, the differences between the rich and the poor is uh, the poor wants to do as little as possible. The um, he who, he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. That really spoke to me because that's basically like saying, you know, like it's it, it, it's like saying good enough is the slogan of a fool. That's what came to me on that. And you know, the he who has a slack hand becomes poor. Like how many? Just think about in your in your work life. But it, it, this applies to every part of your life. In your work life, if if you have those people that you work with that just like. They're kind of like a weight to the rest of the business, you know, or the ministry. And they, they're just always trying to do the bare minimum and, and all that. Well, the, the Bible says that, that that person becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now, God, God honors hard work. God expects hard work from his people. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. This, that, that phrase in there uh, made me think of Proverbs 6. Uh, starting in verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider his ways, or her ways, and be wise, which having no captain or overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. I, I mean, I see it all the time at work showing houses, the work that people do to their house is pathetic. And even sometimes the work that contractors do is pathetic. But when you see the work of a craftsman, you see the difference. Like people that put baseboards on and they have to put an eighth of an inch of caulking around the, uh, the miters because they don't fit together, right? But when you see a, when you see a craftsman, the work of a craftsman, you, you could tell right away. Now, as Christians, as people that are living for God, we should, be, we should be working to that level all the time in everything. 
it's not just about work, but it applies to your work. And that's really where, where the Lord was speaking to me about it a lot this week and, and some other areas of my life. But I applied it to, work, to my work a lot. Sometimes you just say, good, you know, that's good, that's good enough. And that's the slogan of a fool. The hand of the diligent is work. It applies to everyone everywhere. If you become great at something, you develop a reputation for it. And doors open because people value greatness. And greatness can only come if there is diligence. Like there are millions of stories of people, even people that don't know God, that built a great life and became rich and, and whatever through, through diligence. This applies to the whole world. This is a foundation. This is a principle of life. It's like it applies to everybody like gravity does. The hand of the diligence makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. See, it's it, even people that don't know God can come, like those stories of people that come from poverty. They come from nothing. They come from the hood or whatever. They, uh, dad was gone. Mom worked three jobs to pay the rent, and the kid was by himself all the time. But they hated that poverty. Um, and, and they did. They said, when I grow up, man, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get out of this. And, uh, and I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to take care of my mother. You know, lots of like, there's lots of stories of like basketball stars. Elvis Presley was one of those. Um, Jay-Z, you know, like there's lots of, there's lots of stories in the secular world of people that rose from nothing to become in one area of life, in one area of life, in business or in, in, uh, in as an athlete, um, or whatever, they became great and they became rich because of diligence. You know, they, they didn't want to get up the guy that plays the guy that plays in the NBA that came from nothing with the single mother and all that story he didn't want to get up every morning and and go to the gym or or do whatever he had to do to become great but he had a drive and a passion in him to escape the situation to get out of the situation and for his, for the next generation for that for that problem to end with his generation so diligence and drive and discipline pushed him you know elevated him out of that because God gave him the ability to do that. And a lot of those guys, most of those guys don't, they don't have faith in God. They're not, they're not believers. They're, they're just people that, you know, they're people that gave it all they had and achieved. So with hard work and determination, people can achieve a lot, especially if they work together. I think immediately of the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11. Starting in verse 5, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down. Listen to that. Nothing, this is God speaking. Nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. So, you know, b- believing the lie of the devil all the time that you can't do it, is completely counter to the words of God himself. Now, they were doing it in a bad way, of course, but, but think, of, think of it if, you're, if, if what you're desiring and what you're working towards lines up with the word of God and God actually wants you to have it. Nothing you purpose to do will be withheld from you. Come, let us go down and confuse, come and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad, from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Because God knew that if he didn't do something, they were just, they were basically going to self-destruct. 
So you can apply this principle to everything in life, not just hard work and business. Like if you're really diligent, I'm trying to get better at this. If you're really diligent about loving your wife, putting her first, showing her affection, spending time with her, you'll have a rich marriage. It can't, it can't be otherwise, especially if she's diligent about doing the same for you. It can't be otherwise. We'll have whatever we purpose to have if we're diligent. If I neglect her, I never tell her I love her. I'm, I'm out with the guys every weekend, you know. I'm out on a fishing trip or on the golf course or hunting or something like that every weekend. It's a lost cause for you to have a good marriage. I mean, the best you can hope for is she doesn't leave you. But like one day the kids are grown and gone and you look at each other and you say, who are you? Because there was no diligence. There's no investment, nothing to draw on now. Now that, now, that the, now that that season of your life is over and you're into a different season, there's nothing to draw on because there was no diligence. How about your walk with the Lord? I know what it's like to have virtually no walk with God and be a Christian. To basically be treating God like the man in the story that I just said, like treated his wife. I mean, I'd like you to be there for me when I need you, but I'm not going to make any effort to grow this relationship. Like, it must be totally disappointing to God. It's just, it's completely carnal. And the, the Bible says to be carnally minded is death. Romans 8, starting in verse 12, says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You look, so you could look at Proverbs 10 as just a passage about money if you want, but I think it applies to everything in your whole life. I think it goes hand in hand with the next verse I want to share, which is Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I, I, I don't know how many other places in the Bible um, the term makes rich is used, but those two go together. They go completely hand in hand. If you combine the hand of the diligent and the blessing of the Lord, you have an unstoppable human being. Like you can't be operating in the blessing of the Lord without being diligent. Because the blessing of the Lord isn't, isn't just a, a free pass in life. It doesn't mean, the blessing of the Lord doesn't mean that you just get to sit there and let God handle everything. And, and God's just expected to lavishly like provide for you and give you a, a, an abundant life. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. It means if you do things God's way, your life will be rich and there won't be any sorrow added to it by doing things the world's way. But again, you can't be operating in the blessing of the Lord without being diligent. It just won't work. It's not that you earn it. You have the blessing of the Lord because you're a son, but you can't take the attitude that God's obligated to bless me, so I'm just going to relax. God will bless you more when you prove yourself to be faithful with it. I believe when, when the hand of the diligent is, is coupled with the blessing of the Lord, that God can do what he wants to do in your life. There's this tendency in Christianity to have this like laid-back attitude about like God will take care of everything and I'm not responsible for anything. Just, you know, it's all, God's in control. It's all in God's hands. But God gave you control. 
God, give, God gives all of us control over our own life. And we get to choose how much we involve him in that. You know, God can be in control of your life if you, if you open your whole life up to him and you follow the leading of the Holy Ghost all the time, then God's in control of your life. But your will, is, your will has to be involved to allow God to lead your life like the rudder of a ship. But this, uh, this, lack of, this lack of diligence is rampant in Christianity. Churches deal with this all the time. You know, and they hire somebody from the congregation, and that person, you know, they think that they act as if work is, um, work is a time of, it's just an extension of church. You know, it's a time to fellowship, and it's a time to, like, have coffee together and talk about our kids and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's no diligence. There's no attitude of diligence, that you're like working for the ministry of the, uh, the gospel. You're actually like, you're doing the work of God. If you work for a ministry, you're literally doing the work of God. And people totally don't value that enough. So they, so they, actually, they, they actually like basically steal from God in that sense. You're sitting there getting paid by the church that you go to, to, to do the work of the ministry, to, to do the work of the church. Like if you're an admin assistant or whatever, and you just sit there and do nothing all day, or if, or you're a maintenance guy and you just walk around talking to people and have coffee all day, and there's no diligence about your work, you're supposed to be doing everything you do as unto the Lord. So you're actually robbing God in that sense. Like uh, Employers say that employee theft is one of the number one causes of loss in their business. And if you consider the theft of time from employees... It's astronomical how much, how much time people spend when they're, when they're getting paid to work for somebody, scrolling through Facebook and making personal calls and, and, you know, just going for coffee and doing whatever, like just wasting time. It's a, it's a, it's a huge problem. And if people were diligent and operating in the blessing of the Lord at the same time, things would be totally different in the church. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligence is for sure required in your walk with God, if you ever want to go anywhere in your walk with God. What would it be like if God's people said, God, I know you've called me and your blessing is on my life, so I'm going to run as hard as I can for you. And have that blessing that God put, the blessing of the Lord on your life, just act as like wings that lift you up and, and make you soar. Now, I'm not going to pull back because you've promised to bless me and I'm going to operate in that blessing and enjoy supernatural success in my walk with you, in my family, in my ministry, in my business, in my whole life. What would it be like if people actually, Christians actually lived that way? I think, you know, if, if the church had actually func- had functioned that way, the, the Lord would have come back already. He's delaying his coming so that more people can be saved. And it's up to the church to, to do the ministry of reconciliation. But if there's no diligence and there's no unity, that's the other thing. Think back to the Tower of Babel. They were all working together as one. So they were diligently working and they were working together as one. And God said, there's nothing they can't do if they get together and, and they all work as one diligently like that. So now take the church, which is promised, is promised to have the blessing of the Lord, doing the work of the ministry for sure, 
and you and you put diligence into that, and then you put, and then you get the church somehow magically. You get the church to act as one. This whole world would be saved. If you, if if everybody said, "I'm going to respect the blessing of God and not treat it like a license to be negligent." In real estate, we have a concept called agency, which means that when I when I do a real estate deal, I'm acting on behalf of somebody else as their agent. It's a concept in common law, like in, in law, it's a concept, the concept of agency, of fiduciary obligations. So my obligations, I mean, I, I, every time I sit down with a client or, or go through this with my client, um, I, talk, I have to talk to them about my obligations. So my obligations are obey your lawful instructions, represent your best interests, fully disclose facts that would influence your decisions, maintain confidentiality, protect your money and your documents, and exercise reasonable care and diligence. I've probably said that thousands of times. Now, I always tell my clients, though, I say what this means is I'm acting on your behalf, but I'm acting at your instruction. Very important. I don't go, I, because, they, you know, they hear all those things and they don't even necessarily, they kind of, you get the, the gist of what it's saying, but you don't get how that applies to real life. And I'm telling them, I'm acting on your behalf, but I'm acting at your instruction. So I'm not just going to go out and do stuff without talking to you about it first and getting your instruction to do it. I'm not going to communicate things to the other side without talking to you first. Things like that. So almost all of this can actually be applied to the church and to Christianity in general. If we obey his instructions, if we obey the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, if we represent God's best interests. I heard a preacher say one time that we always want God to make our dream come true, but what what if we actually went to God and say, how can I make your dream come true? God's dream is that everybody comes to know him. Everybody gets saved. That's God's dream. He's not willing that any should perish. So what if his people said, you know what, I'm not gonna, we're not going to have uh, politics in our church, and we're not going to be against the other churches in the city. We're all going to put all of our differences aside in every way, and we're going to work together at one accord, to make God's dream come true and to get our city saved, to get our city born again, what would happen? It would be incredible. It'd be unbelievable. So fully disclosed, to be totally open with God and honest. He knows anyway. You can't, you can't hide anything in your heart from God. You can hide things in your heart from other people, but you cannot hide anything in your heart from God. or from, You can't hide anything, anything else from God. So if you're, if you're totally open and honest with God, if we maintain confidentiality, okay, there are times when God speaks to you about something, when the worst thing that you can do is tell someone else. There are things like uh, Mary hid, hid it in her heart. When, when the angel visited her, she hid these things in her heart. So there are times, and you'll know when those times are, because the Holy Ghost is going to kind of the, the, the weight of it and the importance of it is going gonna, is gonna to show you that this is something that you should just hide in your heart for now. There, there should always be things that are just between you and God, I feel like. I think that, I think that you, there should be things in your walk with God that are just between you and Him. Because your walk with God is special. That relationship is special. There's lots of things in my walk with, in my life with my wife that are just between me and her. Nobody else knows. Because that relationship is it's, it's one of a kind and it's completely special. I don't have that relationship with any other human being. 
Same thing with God. Your relationship with the Lord should, should be that special, more, more special. So you don't just go, you, like, I don't go around t- telling everybody about uh, everything in my marriage. And I, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. It's a mistake to do that about everything in your walk with God as well. So to protect God's money. How about that? Protect God's money. Honor God with the tithe. Seek instruction about what to sow. And, you know, I mean, actually look at the money that God comes into your hands as part of that being earmarked by God for the ministry. Exercise care and diligence. How about caring about serving God and doing it well? The church has struggled with this too. I mean, you go into, you go into churches sometimes and they're just run down and beat up and the, the dirty and all that kind of stuff. And like, and, and there's no, because, because so churches run on such a, a high rate of volunteer uh, labor, basically, or volunteer, volunteers running things, there's no excellence, you know, in some people, because you can tell they don't see it as being something that they're doing as unto the Lord. This is the house, we're talking about the house of God here. The house of God should be beautiful and it should be, it should be super well maintained and it should be full of people that all want to work like the, like the people worked on the Tower of Babel. All together of one accord. We don't, we don't have any differences among each other. We have this common goal and we're going to achieve it together. But diligence. Diligence Diligence, I, I think, as, as it pertains to our part in our walk with God and in our calling to reach people and our calling, in our calling in ministry, in, in every area of your life, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your spouse, all of that, diligence is the key. Because there are things, I mean, God, God puts favor on my life. I know that. The blessing of the Lord's on my life. I know that. But you know what? I mean, if God, if God, if somebody gave you a million dollar check and, and you were too lazy to go cash it, you are not going to receive anything. You're going to have a piece of paper with ink on it. It's nothing until you, until you put in a little bit of effort and do something. It's the same thing with your walk with God and with, with every, everything else in your life. I, when I, this last week, I've been, I've been prompted by the Holy Ghost to change some things in my own life. And I just, you know, it, it just comes to me when I'm, when I would normally maybe say, well, that's, you know, that's good enough. i I've got uh, I've got no other appointments for the day, so I'm just going to call it a day. And it just the word just comes to me, diligence, and uh, and it and it pushes me to to work a little harder and to do a little bit more. Uh, even even around the house too, it's been coming to me. Like I mean, just even just about little little things. Little it's it's the little things that that cause a life to turn down to to go downward. It's the little things. What did Jesus say? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Even things around the house, it's just like, don't just be a little bit more diligent in helping my wife, you know, or whatever. And just in the work of my hands. God God blesses the work of my hands, but I have to be diligent. I have to be working. I have to be diligent. And I, I've never been, never had a hard time working. I mean, I've, I've always, I, I like to work hard, but... You get fat, and you get a little bit lazy. You know, Bishop, Oye, uh, Bishop David Oyedepo said, uh, 
You don't quit when you're tired. You quit when you're done. Those are the words to live by. You don't quit when you're tired. Because you know what? I'm tired every day. You don't quit when you're tired. You quit when you're done. That's diligence. That's operating in your life like you, like you understand the place that you've been given in God and the price that was paid for you. And you don't want to waste it. I've always said, like, the reason that I live, I try to live holy. I try to live in a godly way. I try not to do things. I try not to sin. I try not to do things that are, that are disappointing or, or, or um, make God angry, you know. Because, not because I'm scared that God's going to strike me down, because God's not, God doesn't, he doesn't do that. I mean, there will come a day where, where the wicked will be, will be cast into the lake of fire and so on, but that's not me. I'm born again. I'm saved. And God doesn't, you know, God's not going to like put some kind of sickness on me if I, if I don't honor him in the way that I live my life. The reason that I, the reason that I try to honor him in the way that I live my life is because I'm grateful for what he did for me, for the price that he paid for me. And I want to be diligent about that. I want to, I want to work hard at that and not, not take that lightly. You know, it's a God, it's got to be such an insult to God when people take their salvation and their Christianity lightly and they just don't really care that much. I was there. I, I did that. I was like that for a while. And uh, God is, God has, in his mercy, set me back on fire. And, uh, and that's put me on the, put me on a totally different course in my walk with him. And, and it's better, it's better and more on fire than it's ever been. And I thank God for that. But I want to be diligent about keeping it that way. I don't want to waste it. And I don't want to treat it like it doesn't matter. So as Christians, we need to, we need to value our walk with God. We need to value the ministry. We need to value spreading the gospel. And we need to value the people. Um, we need to value the people that, that God died for. Like, so most of all here, if we'll act on his behalf, but act at his instruction, the gospel will be preached to all the earth. See, people people need to be more concerned about acting on his behalf and acting at his instruction. Let him, he knows everything. He knows what works. He knows what doesn't. He knows what's good. He knows what's bad. We need to, we need to trust God to lead us in our life. And he's going to lead you into a life that's awesome. But he's also going to lead you into a life that's useful to him. And that's the most purpose, purposeful, enjoyable life that you can have. But we need to be serious about serving our king. Let your hand and your heart be diligent and let God make your life rich. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. If you like the show, please share and follow so you get future episodes as soon as they come out. Until next time, walk humbly before your God and never let the world speak.